The day after Christmas. T'was the day after Christmas and all through the town, the ones who weren't Christians were feeling let down. The stockings weren't hung by the chimney anymore and boxes and wrapping covered the floor. The kitchen was covered from floor to ceiling with enough dirty dishes to set mother reeling. The children were whining over what they didn't get and rather than sharing, they were throwing a fit. The stores and online were bustling with post-Christmas shoppers searching for bargains on racks and in hoppers. The salesmen looked haggard. The shoppers looked worse as credit cards flew out of wallet and purse. There were no joyful sounds of carolers singing and the only bells heard were registers ringing. The scene was altogether too grim for all the people who didn't know him. If only the unhappy crowd could know that the spirit of Christmas isn't tied with a bow and stacked in piles underneath the tree. He lives forever in you and in me. He didn't start in presents piled up in a sleigh. He started with Christ being born in the hay. The perfect gift from our Father above sent to us sinners to show us his love. He came without wrapping or boxes or strings, no glitter or glamour or other vain things. He came with a promise of hope for all men that even in death we'd have life again. The next face you encounter covered with strife, introduce them to Jesus and change their whole life. Teach them that Christmas is a daily thing that comes from intimately knowing the King. Thank you. The day after Christmas, I think Dan greeted you saying, You are the Christmas survivors. He was nicer than what I'm going to be. You look like you have a Christmas hangover. You might have had something with a little extra kick in that eggnog, if you know what I mean. Aren't we a little worn out? Can I get an amen? Amen. I just want to say, hey, I am so thankful and uh, appreciative of our worship team, Dan, and your crew. We had an excellent Christmas Eve Praise and worship time. Excellent Christmas Eve services. Thank you guys. I know you're worn out. Just give them a hand. And then to come back. This is tough. This is tougher. Next year, Christmas is going to be on a Sunday. It's a little easy to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're just in a rhythm. But you have that break on Saturday, and then you come back. And it's like, I mean, it's just like... It's turning a car on a cold day. It's hard to get warmed up, isn't it? But but they just did a great job. And I appreciate Dan and, and the attitude and the service that they he brings and the willingness to uh, serve in that way. Four services. That's a lot, folks. There's a lot of churches that are our size and larger that aren't having Christmas on Sunday, following, or I mean, sun, services on Sunday following, because it's a high-energy uh, gift of service that we, we have the opportunity to do. And it's awesome. I love Christmas Eve. Uh, 
But it's a challenge to get up. And like, like you said, you are the Christmas survivors. And, and saying all that, I appreciate you so much for being here. And if you're joining us online, we're happy you're here too. But, but the day after Christmas is as important as Christmas in my, in my, from my perspective and from my understanding because Christmas really is a day to day to day thing that we celebrate in Christ. And this morning I just want to encourage you and, and today we're, we're going to look at scripture once again to go back to that first century experience and say, well, how did they do the day after Christmas? So if you will look with me in your Bibles or your tablets or however you're joining us to Luke chapter 2 verses 17 through 20, we're going to look again at how they responded. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. In this passage... In Scripture, we see three ways to to take action on the day after Christmas, or the days or the year after Christmas. Three ways to respond. And the first way is to ponder like Mary pondered. Can you imagine being the mother of Jesus? Now, first of all, I'm a male, so I can't imagine but for you moms, you can imagine. But the, uh, the thing that you can't even begin to imagine is having, now, having a perfect child. Now, you might say, well, I have the perfect child. And some of your moms are saying no. But I know a lot of moms that think they have the perfect child. Now, Jesus was the only perfect child. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that now if you're a child and you think your mom thinks you're perfect, you're just deceived. <laughs> I hate to break your bubble, burst your bubble. Mary had the perfect child. And, and can you imagine being Jesus' sibling and your mom saying to you, I wish you could be more like Jesus? <laughs> How do you follow that? Luke 2, not, yeah, you don't. No one ever has, no one ever will, will they? Luke 2.19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Her heart was full. Now, the Christmas story, I mean, you all could tell me the Christmas story. I could walk up to any one of you and say, Okay, tell me about Christmas. The religious Christmas, not the Santa Christmas, but the Christian Christmas. And you could tell me the story. We all know it really, really well. But do you realize that Christmas, some of the traditions around Christmas are really weird? Have you noticed? You see, Christmas is just plain weird. What other time of the year do you sit around staring at a dead tree in your living room and eat candy out of your socks? (laughs) Think about it. Isn't that weird? 
But we know the Christmas story so well. We've heard it. And, and I know preachers that hate Christmas. I don't hate Christmas because it's a challenge. How do you make it interesting and intriguing and engaging year after year after year? And really, we don't have to make it like that. The story stands on its own. I think C.S. Lewis says it best. He says, we don't need to be told new ideas so much as we need to be reminded of old truths. Now, God incarnate came to earth fully human and fully God. And theologians over the last 2,000 years have tried to explain that. And all I can say is that it's a mystery. It's unexplainable. And Jesus was that mystery. See, Jesus was born as one of us so that each of us might be born again into the family of God. And this is the greatest family in the world. The family of God. And when we gather, and Christmas Eve was awesome. I saw people I don't get to normally see. They come in town for just a, a, a short time, and, and you get a love on them and hug on them and see how they're doing. But it's regathering. It's like a family reunion. This morning, similar to that, because some of you are are coming from all you know all across the nation and all around the world to regather with family. And so we are a family that loves each other. And, and we have a great example in Christ who gave his life for us as family. So those are some things that we need to ponder over and over again and carry with us into the new year. And the, the next thing is as important as well as number two. And these are all P's, so if you're memory challenged, these are easy. First one was pondering. The second one is praising. Notice what the shepherds did naturally in Luke 2. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, I don't know if you watch any social media or not. I do. I get caught up in the reels sometimes. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. But I find fascinating all these gender reveals. I mean, things explode, and I'm kind of fascinated by that. Is it tanzanite, or what is it, that exploding stuff? Huh? Tanzanite, or what? Tannerite. Tannerite. I don't know if you know what tannerite is, but if you shoot it, it blows up. Now, now you might think, well, if you're, if you're shooting something, something's already blowing up, and that, that ought to be exciting enough. And now somebody's come up with this tannonite stuff that you shoot it, and it blows up. It's cool. Now, maybe you've watched some of those gender reveals where somebody hits a golf ball, and it blows up. It's pink or blue. Or, or maybe shoots a target or a balloon or I don't know. It's all kinds of crazy stuff that goes on. But the greatest gender reveal was the gender reveal that the shepherds received. The shepherds had witnessed the world's greatest birth announcement that ever was and ever will be, that the Messiah had come. And they praised God for it. They praised God for it. Let me say again, the shepherds had witnessed the world's greatest birth announcement. Can you imagine 
And look in Luke chapter Luke look in Luke chapter 2 verses 10 through 12. And the angel said to them fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord and this will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Shepherds find the Messiah in a feeding trough, in a stable. We naturally stand in awe, don't we? We naturally praise God for what he has done. Did you know that in 2020, Fender Guitars had a record year. And I was picking on Dan earlier this morning. I said, Dan, did you know that? I don't think you knew that before, did you? All right. In 2020, during the pandemic, typically in 2019, Fender Guitar sold 156,000 guitars. Okay? 2020, 939,000 guitars were sold. I wish I would have had stock in Fender. Now, why do I say that? Because about a million guitars are played every Sunday morning in church. And about a third of those guitars that were bought in 2020 were bought expressly to praise God. Now, I don't, some of you remember the 1970s. Some of you weren't born at that time. But, but the Jesus people brought the guitar into worship. And what was so transformative, it, it democratized worship. Because you see, you can't strap a piano on your back, but you can strap a guitar. And knowing several chords, I'm not gonna, I'm not diminishing the guitar in worship. But it, but it changed worship to be more personal and more approachable and more engaging. And so that change was brought about because people during COVID, during the pandemic, were reaching out to God to worship Him in music with the guitar. Isn't that amazing? And, and it wasn't just Fender, it was all guitars. In fact, Dan, you bought a guitar in 2020, didn't you? You needed another one, by the way. You need to not, you need, you need more, right, Chris? The challenge, folks, is that we've become a generation of people who worship our work, work at our play, and play at our worship. And really, we need to focus on our worship of God, because that is what transforms us. And it's not the emotional experience, and I hope you are moved in our worship services and you engage in, in, in singing uh, with your whole being. But sometimes our pews are occupied by people who want to be moved, but who, who don't want to move. And you see, our worship to God should move us in service to others, and we show God's worth Every day of our lives. By your presence here as Christmas survivors, you're showing God's worth. This is a priority, even when you're tired, even when you're Christmas hungover, that you are here, you're present, and you're praising God in worship, showing that He is the most important 
thing in your lives. So we've looked at pondering, we've looked at praising, and finally we're going to look at the last P, and that is proclaiming. Let's look at what the shepherds did in verses 17 and 18 of this passage. It says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. When the shepherds saw the angels and experienced that light, that was life-altering, transformative. It was scary awesome is the only way I know how to say it because, I mean, we are used to turning lights on and having them as bright as we want. But in that age, what did they have? They had fire. They had maybe candles. They had lanterns. Doesn't throw off a lot of light. Can you ama- uh, imagine a, a Shekinah glory, which is a laser-like, welding light, light that's blinding? The shepherds had never experienced anything like that. And then to have an announcement given to you from angelic beings that were beautiful and and scary at the same time, unimaginable, Announcing to you, could you even keep quiet about it? Because it changed their lives. That experience drove them to the manger to seek out the Christ child. That was something they would treasure for the rest of their lives. Treasuring Christ is something we do not by keeping him to ourselves, but by making him known to the whole world. Every room we walk in, every person that we meet, every conversation we have, we give off his presence and his testimony of his work inside of us. That we are being transformed by his grace. doesn't mean we've arrived. It means that we have been changed. James Tracken says it best. He says, Saving knowledge is diffused over the earth, not like sunlight, but like torchlight, which is passed from hand to hand. We pass the light from hand to hand, from relationship to relationship, from conversation to conversation, wherever we are. That is our calling. That is what we are to do. And just like the shepherds who went away that first Christmas to tell everyone they met, there are so many who have not yet to come to see Jesus. Isaiah says it in chapter 9, verses 2 and 6, says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shown. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That is who our Jesus is. In 1934, Adolf Hitler approached 
the German churches and he asked them if they would support him. He approached the bishops and the elders and the leaders of all the churches and asked them if they would help him make Germany a better nation. And most of the churches followed him. And it became a national church. But there were a few churches, and they were called the Confessing Churches, that said that they would serve the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they would serve the word of God and it alone. That no matter what ideology, no matter how good it seemed, that they would only support the gospel of Jesus Christ and God's word. And they were persecuted by the Nazi government. It, It came to be known as the Barman Confession. And those churches struggled, but they became stronger with that persecution because they stood against tyranny. They stood against the world and proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, the day after Christmas, what do we do? We proclaim the gospel because it's what transformed us. That light pierces the darkness. And that's what we're called to do by the grace of God to reflect Jesus in our lives. Would you please stand as I pray? Eternal God, Father, we are grateful for this time and for this opportunity to worship you the day after Christmas. And Father, for this next year, we just pray that we would reflect the light of Jesus in our lives. That he would be known in our relationships. And Father, for those that don't know Jesus as Lord and have not experienced his light that are still in the darkness, Father, we just pray that you would pierce that darkness, that you would reveal yourself to them in such a way that they would come to the saving faith that that they would be transformed and, and receive the new birth into the family of God. Father, for those that are wondering whether or not your blood can cleanse them from sin and change and transform. Father, I just pray that you give them hope and faith to realize that there is nothing that can separate us from you. No sin can separate us because your grace and your forgiveness occurs because you love us. And Father, we're just so grateful that you are a great God. We're thankful for Jesus who we celebrate today. And we pray in his name. Amen. Would you come this morning?